Hey everyone, welcome to the Mongata podcast hosted by me, Valerie Boudere. I'm a certified sound therapist as well as a healing coach and life design mentor. I work with clients every single day to help them uncover the answers to the big questions. How do I heal? How do I feel better about my life? Who am I? What's my purpose? And what do I do next? I also help them transition from all the shoulds in life and make living vibrantly a priority by living their life design and who they really are. It's time to be more you. So sit back, relax, and grab your journal because you're going to want to take notes. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mongata podcast. I'm Valerie Boudere from the Mongata Healing Center. We are in episode two of our series, The Emotional Fast. Today, we're going to be looking at transforming multitasking to our practice of presence. But before we get started, let's open up our sacred space by the ringing of our bell. Let me reach for it here. So we're going to ring our bell. And as we do so, start to take some nice, long inhales and exhales. Wonderful. And I want you now to just sit back in your chair and or lie down on your sofa or bed, whatever feels good to you. And we're going to now come into the sacred space of healing and looking deep inside. And we enter that place through our breath. So inviting you now to inhale through your nose nice and deeply. And exhale through your nose nice and deeply. Inhaling. And exhaling. And each time we inhale, that is this moment of now, the present moment. And then each time we exhale is already the past. So leaving our day behind us or wherever you are in the process of your day, leaving that on the outside and leaving any thoughts, preparations, and need for the future, and that can be the immediate future, like lunch that's coming next, or who you need to pick up from school, or the business meeting that's coming. Just leave that for when it happens, and we are meeting each other in the here and now. So now changing our breath pattern just a little bit, inhaling through the nose, Exhaling nice and long out through the mouth. And as you deepen and relax, when you inhale, saying, I am. I am and exhaling here. So I am here. Inhaling, I am. Exhaling here. I am with the inhale, here with the exhale. And as you come 
here and now. I want you to think of all the people that we are sharing this time with and presence with. This is a global platform. So if you'd like to shut your eyes and using your imagination, imagining that we are in circle together and that there is a lovely soul sitting on your right side and a lovely soul sitting on your left side. And as you inhale saying, I am, Think of the person on your right side and on the exhale saying here and just breathing in and out a few times, acknowledging and honoring and sending blessings and goodness to the person on your right. And then continuing your inhaling and exhaling, acknowledging the person on your left. And finally, acknowledging all of us in the circle and sending the blessing, may you be well and may you know peace. Beautiful. You know, our breath is our great friend. It is with us constantly and is always here for us to call on it consciously to bring us into calm and centeredness. So no matter how crazy your day's going, it's okay to tap out and sit where you are and breathe for literally one minute of inhaling for four through the nose and exhaling for four through the nose. And sometimes uh, you may need to go to a bathroom or a restroom to do this just to find your sacred moment of peace and quiet. And I know so many of us who are busy today and in our days, that to find those little corners of calm can be difficult. So it's okay wherever you can find it, in the car or wherever, it's valid. It's your moment of calm and your breath will take you there. So today we are, and this week, we are exploring the ideas of transforming multitasking into presence. And so when I started thinking about multitasking, yes, it's really easy to say doing multiple things at the same time. But when I really looked deeply into what is multitasking, I had to look at the place, what roles or what hats do we wear? Because oftentimes with each role that we play, there's a whole series of lists of activities and expectations that we're supposed to do with that. So some of the roles that we may wear in our outside life are that of a planner or an organizer. So everything has to be just so and just perfect and being accountable for time and places and spaces and activities. Another role that we might embrace is that of the go-getter. And that means that we are filled with energy and we have goals and tasks that we are going to embrace embrace and accomplish. And of course, we have boundless energy to do that in, right? Another role that we oftentimes fulfill is that of the accommodator. 
So always wanting to make sure that everyone's needs are met, lastly, our own, but that we accommodate everybody and that everybody has some aspect of something they're happy about, or if somebody's just totally unhappy, that we are going to accommodate them so their life and world go a little easier. Um, Another one is that of the helper, not to really help people out in their causes, help people out in their task, help out people in their responsibilities. That also, I think, comes with a place of not wanting people to feel uncomfortable or at dis-ease, not disease, but at dis-ease, meaning not contentment. And so that also is a form of people-pleasing and takes a lot of energy and oftentimes putting ourselves at the end of the list. So these are some of the roles that we play in our outside world and also perhaps with inside our family, but inside my own family. um, And think of your own family. I play the role of wife and partner. I play the role of mother. I play the role of sister and daughter. I also play the role of teacher and I'm a businesswoman. I'm also a volunteer. So all of these components um, make for even more roles that I play and that you play. So just taking a few seconds to kind of you know, go down your list of what roles do you play in life? And then each role has a series of tasks and to-dos and expectations, right? So we need to just look at what is the driving voice in our head behind all this and this balancing act that we do. I oftentimes get asked, when people hear all the activities that I've been part of, how do you do it all? And I have to be honest that um, my usual answer is, oh, I compartmentalize things and go from one role or one hat wearing to another. But if I'm being bluntly honest with you, I miss out on a lot of things. And that's just not now covid And our COVID season has slowed my life down considerably to what it was before. But when I really look at all of the multitasking that I have done in life, and I'm asking you to look at that too, there's no way that we can be multitaskers, whether successful or frustrated, overwhelmed, or just completely failing altogether and not be missing out on something. So some of these moments that I've missed out on. For example, being an entrepreneur, when I would get to my son's Kung Fu lessons, I would immediately pull out iPad or my computer, or I would have printed documents that I would be working on while he was in Kung Fu. And one day, for whatever reason, I forgot my bag and I arrived at Kung Fu with nothing like not a book, not a phone, not a computer, nothing. And Sifu at that time um, noticed me just sitting there and he said, would you like to join the class and just warm up with us? I said, sure, why not? And so I warmed up with the whole Kung Fu class. I felt really good. 
Having done that, my son and I got to share some really amazing moments together during that class. And then we had so many things to talk about on the way home. And so from that point on, I stopped bringing things to Kung Fu. And sometimes I worked out with them, but more often than not, I just sat on the sidelines and was really present throughout that entire lesson. And then Omar and I could talk about where he wanted to make changes and improvements and where he was going to show up differently in his practice um, of Kung Fu. Other moments that we can um, lose to multitasking is that time in the car. And instead of sitting quiet and present and focusing on driving, getting to point A to point B, how oftentimes are we calling people and having complete conversations? How oftentimes are we actually working when we're driving? And then that multitasking, such as you're fixing dinner and you're on um, speakerphone having a business meeting while you're cooking dinner, or you're making organizations for something you're volunteering for while you're washing dishes and cooking dinner or folding laundry, and just being a domestic goddess or engineer at the same time that you're trying to keep your business afloat and running spelling list check checklist with the kids. So, you know, we're present in many things at the same time, but what are we missing? So for example, running a spelling checklist while I'm folding laundry and perhaps talking to another family member is I might miss that my daughter um, might be dyslexic or that she's having a very difficult time learning this week's spelling list. And I'm just like, let's get the spelling done. We've got 20 minutes. Let's get this list done. And then we can go on and do other things. But when you're really struggling with putting letters together and some of them are flipped, um, there's just no getter done. There's just that moment of frustration and kind of hopelessness, right? When we're on the phone talking and if we're carpooling at the same time, we could be missing those really precious conversations that we have when we're all in the same container together, moving through the same space. So car time was really sacred for me and the kids. Um, we love music, all kinds of music, world music. Our playlists are very diverse. So whoever sat shotgun would get to have their playlist played and we would sing and we would skip and skip songs. And we just really love our car time to this day. Also really deep and meaningful conversations would come during that car time. So the sense of when to multitask and when not to. But if we are choosing multitasking and and in this life, like that is just kind of the norm, but just bringing an awareness at, into what am I missing? Because all of us who multitask, and I'm talking of myself as well, we are missing something. And are you willing to miss that? So we look at this question without judgment and with a lot of love and compassion and gentle truth, right? We don't need to beat ourselves up at all. And this is part of the emotional fast that we are looking at things. And do we want to do things differently? It's not a must, but let's just look at some things. So for today's readings, 
I have two really interesting readings, and it's all about what happens when we are multitasking and pulled away, what happens to the inside of ourselves. So when we are so busy multitasking, that means that we do not have a moment to think or feel. And it's really, um, we are disassociating from who we are authentically are and what we truly feel about things. So our first reading today is from an ancient book by Lao Tzu called the Tao Te Ching. Um, it's about uh, a couple thousand year old book. And Lao Tzu uh, means the master. And it's thought that he was a real person. And upon leaving China to another country, a border guard asked him to tell all the wisdom that he had acquired throughout his life. And Lao Tzu was actually the student of a female scholar known as Sun Pu'er. And so we have a lot of mix of feminine and masculine in this 81 verse book. It's a stunningly beautiful book. And I really love reading different translations of it um, because each translator also gives their commentary. So these are simple truths that have deep meaning. So today we are taking chapter 12, um, and it is translated by Stephen Mitchell. So just sit back. I'm going to read this, and I want these words to wash over you and see what images, just images, they evoke for you. We don't need to think about it. Just feel it and what images come up for you. So chapter 12 from the Tao Te Ching. Colors blind the eye. Sounds deafen the ear. Flavors numb the taste. Thoughts weaken the mind. Desires wither the heart. The master observes the world, but trust his or her inner vision. She allows things to come and go, her heart open like the sky. That was from the Tao Te Ching from chapter 12. And now our second reading today is from a woman her and I circulate and just pass each other. I'm hoping one day to actually meet face to face. It is the um, American Native American poet laureate, Joy Harjo. And this is from her book, Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings, published by W.W. W. Norton and Company. Um, this is called Calling the Spirit Back from Wandering the Earth in Its Human Feet. And I mentioned earlier that Joy and I are always in the same place, oftentimes in the same building, and we've yet to meet. So she was on faculty at University of Tennessee, where all three of my children graduated from, and she spoke at my son's commencement last May. And then I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and she is always involved with IAIA, the Native American um, college here in Santa Fe. And so... One day I hope to meet her in person, but we are definitely together in spirit. So here is her poem, 
calling the spirit back from wandering the earth in its human feet. Put down that bag of potato chips, that white bread, that bottle of pop. Turn off that cell phone, computer, and remote control. Open the door, then close it behind you. Take a breath offered by friendly winds. They travel the earth, gathering essences of plants to clean. Give it back with gratitude. If you sing, it will give your spirit lift to fly to the stars, ears and back. Acknowledge this earth who has cared for you since you were a dream planting itself precisely within your parents' desire. Let your moccasin feet take you to the encampment of the guardians who have known you before time, who will be there after time. They sit before the fire that has been there without time. Let the earth stabilize your post-colonial insecure jitters. Be respectful of the small insects, birds, and animal people who accompany you. Ask their forgiveness for the harm we humans have brought down upon them. Don't worry. The heart knows the way, though there may be high-rises, interstates, checkpoints, armed soldiers, massacres, wars, and those who will despise you because they despise themselves. The journey might take you a few hours, a day, a year, a few years, a hundred, a thousand, or even more. Watch your mind. Without training, it might run away and leave your heart for the immense human feast set by the thieves of time. Do not hold regrets. When you find your way to the circle, to the fire, kept burning by the keepers of your soul, you will be welcomed. You must clean yourself with cedar, sage, or other healing plants. Cut the ties you have to failure and shame. Let go the pain you are holding in your mind, your shoulders, your heart, all the way to your feet. Let go the pain of your ancestors to make way for those who are heading in our direction. Ask for forgiveness. Call upon the help of those who love you. These helpers take many forms. Animal, element, bird, angel, saint, stone, or ancestor. Call your spirit back. It may be caught in corners and creases of shame, judgment and human abuse, but you must call in a way that your spirit will want to return. Speak to it as you would to a beloved child. Welcome your spirit back from its wandering. It may return in pieces, in tatters. Gather them together. They will be happy to be found after being lost for so long. 
your spirit will need to sleep a while after it is bathed and given clean clothes. Now you can have a party. Invite everyone you know who loves and supports you. Keep room for those who have no place else to go. Make a giveaway. Make a giveaway. And remember, keep the speeches short. Then, you must do this. Help the next person find their way through the dark. Again, that was calling the spirit back from wandering the earth in its human feet by Joy Harjo. So now we're at the place in our podcast, in our episode of transformation. We are at the transformation stage. So we are going to transform all this multitasking into presence. And our first thought is, you mean I have to give up all my responsibilities, my life, all my technology? And the answer to that is a quick no. So when we are developing a practice, we have to be very gentle. And we start very, very small. So we are going to take this small inspired action. I want you to get a timer and this timer can be on your phone, but we'll be putting the phone on airplane mode and you won't be sitting with the phone. So you need to be in a place where you can hear the phone timer go off. You will also, um, other things that you can use. So you can also use a microwave timer, the oven timer. Also, if you have where one of those watches that tracks your steps, that also has a timer on it. So there's a lot of ways to time and you won't need it for a long time, but the timer, we're going to set a timer for 10 minutes at specific times during the day. And you get to decide where that is. So you might decide um, to set a timer uh, in the morning when you get up. And for that first 10 minutes, you aren't looking at your phone, you're not checking email. So when we do our timed presence, we are going to get rid of all devices. So phones, iWatches, um, which also has a timer, um, computers, iPads, anything that can push us back out of the present moment. So we are taking a 10 minute time out to push any distractions out of our life for 10 minutes. And then in that 10 minutes, we're going to see what presents itself and how we can be present and interact with that. So one of the first places that I started my 10-minute presence practice or practice of presence was actually as we were coming out of COVID and we're beginning to meet people again. So if you go on um, a coffee date with me, you will not see my phone come out. And yes, that's longer than 10 minutes, but um, I don't set a timer for that, but it's just a rule that I will do my best not to take my phone out and to be very present. Another place that we can be very present is, like I said, in the mornings. 
So in my own life, there is no phone in my bedroom. So my cell phone, which is the only phone I have, is out in the kitchen. If I need an alarm, I set it out there and I really can hear it from the kitchen and I physically get up and turn it off. Also, taking that 10 minute Uh, 10 minutes in the morning to perhaps meditate, to not check your emails, not check your phone at all. And these first 10 minutes of the morning are yours. Then that might unfold to, I wake up in the morning, I do my personal practices, um, you know, brushing your teeth, showering. If you exercise, exercise without any distractions or input from something else. Other places that are a nice starting point, and you may want to add this timeout section, um, this place of presence in your life is at mealtimes. So there's no devices of any kind during your your mealtime. And mealtimes happen to be one of the things that we are willing to give up when we're multitasking, oftentimes multitasking during dinner or lunch. So saying coming into presence eating your meal with thought and presence and mindfully with no distractions. So um, then there's other places in your day that you can um, add presence, such as, are you on your devices right up to bedtime? Could you perhaps say 20 minutes or 10 minutes before bed, all devices go off? And that could be a nice calming down to the day. Um, That then could unfold to saying, after 8 p.m., I don't answer my phone. I don't answer text messages. I don't send any emails. These are just ideas and thoughts. There's no shoulds or coulds or woulds. It's what is in alignment for you and your life. Another place to practice 10 minutes of presence is when you're in the car. So no meetings, no phone calls, just being present with the act of commuting or driving from point A to point B, carpooling. It's a place to be present with your children and see what they want to share. Then, you know, all of us have these periods of our day when we're exercising, jogging, running, walking um, at the gym. And so oftentimes we have our earbuds in connected, you know, to the Bluetooth in our phone and we're listening to music or books on tape. None of these things are bad or wrong. What if you didn't do that for 10 minutes of your workout or walk or running? What do you notice? How does your body respond? At first, it's like throwing ice water on it, but pretty soon you start to notice that you're creating space and you start feeling calmer inside. So these are some other places that you can add moments um, of practice, practice presence there. Also, what about caring for your pets? Um, Like when you're walking the dog, instead of talking on the phone to somebody or listening to music or a book on tape or learning a foreign language or always walking with somebody. Actually, that also is a place where you could practice presence. If you're walking the dog with another person, being present with both that person and the dog. But if it's just you and your dog or any other pet care you need, um, 
to have complete presence with that beautiful being that is your, your animal um, companion. So just thinking, starting with one moment of 10 minutes of presence, where would you like to start that? And then as you get used to that, what other 10 minute moments of presence would you like to have? And so this is how we start very, very um, small. And then you'll see that it shifts your whole day and it shifts the way you feel inside that day. So it's show up, look where you can connect and be present and do that deep listening that we talked about last week. So now um, let's get ready for our reflection questions. I have several for you this week. So go ahead and get out paper and pen. Um, I like paper and pen because it really helps shift things neurologically in our brains and in our nervous systems, that physical active writing. However, if you're using your two thumbs and typing this in your note app or you're on your computer, of course, of course it works. Um, just introspection and reflection and seeing what insights come up for you. Alrighty, so here we are now to our reflection questions. And number one, what are you missing by trying to do it all? And you can feel free to stop this recording in between questions. And then, do you put off spending time with loved ones or other activities you want to spend time doing until certain duties are complete or until that um, never reaching moment of when I have more time? So oftentimes I wouldn't let myself rehearse the piano or go to my writing practice until the beds were made, the dishwasher was cleared, everything that needed to be done on the to-do list for my family was done. And when I found when I flip-flopped that, that my life really shifted. So are you putting off spending time with loved ones and friends or doing things that you love to do um, until your duties are done? And then asking, what moments in your life do you absolutely not want to miss? I think it's good to know that as well. And then when we start talking about coming into a practice of presence, what makes you feel alive and at peace? So when we're in our presence, that's when we can feel our most alive and at peace. And if you're having trouble figuring this one out, just go back to when you were like a six, seven, eight-year-old child. What could you just do for hours that just gave you so much joy 
that you lost track of time, that person still lives inside of you and you can still access those things. When will you schedule your practice of presence this week? What times of day are coming to mind for you as we're talking about this? And then what do you think your biggest obstacle for creating these small amounts of moments of presence will be? What are the obstacles for you? in creating these small moments of presence. How will you overcome these obstacles? Such as putting my turning off my phone, putting it in a drawer, you know, shutting the computers. How will you overcome these obstacles? And then we're doing this for a reason, so that we can reconnect with our authentic self, create space to spend time with what we do want to create. What are you needing in your life right now?
So as we come to the end of our journaling time, I want to give you an affirmation for this week, which is, I am worthy of showing up for every moment of my life. I am worthy of showing up for every moment of my life. So as you are showing up for every moment of your life, I want to invite you to find great joy in your 10 minutes of presence and in the, the various moments of presence that you create this week in your life and what that feels like and looks like in your body and in your life and if you feel calmer by doing these things and if you want to unfold your practice, um, you will have the tools and skills to do that now and we just start small and then keep increasing by adding more moments of stillness more moments of presence and then it grows into a life habit a lifestyle and as always i wish you a beautiful week ahead until we meet again go forth and be marvelous and i will see you soon take care